Every journey begins in the mind. A flight of imagination. A vision of what might lie across the universe. Or within the deepest regions of the subconscious. Dr. Edward Pretorius is about to embark on such a journey. It's out of control. You've got to turn it off. Something's coming. What the hell is that? I'm going to kiss you. things I say so I don't mind <laughs> fewer than most I would I would uh, venture to guess <clears throat> I forgot about that one I try not to say wrong things but I do lie a lot <laughs> and I enjoy spreading disinformation you know disinformation is different than misinformation disinformation I think is like the deliberate yeah it's uh, very deliberate yeah which, uh, well, we could talk about that later. <laughs> hey, listeners, guess what? We're back. It's another exciting episode of Chewing the Scenery Horror Movie Podcast. And uh, we're going to talk about horror movies and we're going to spoil them. So don't be surprised when that movie that uh, you haven't watched uh, gets The Resonator explodes at the end. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> this thing should have been called The Resonator. Why wasn't it called The Resonator? Because the story, I think it's... Just self was called from beyond i don't know uh yeah i guess i really didn't that's what it's titled in the book is that accurate uh he he doesn't call the machine anything in the in the story it was just that damned machine or that damned that that, that, that damned cursed machine you know (laughs) i was was thinking could hugh beaumont star in that one all naked and gooey oh man (laughs) no i'm afraid he could not I'm going to remember Hugh Beaumont just the way he was. Yeah. All right, so... I really like the idea of of Ward Cleaver practicing dark science (laughs) in the attic while the boys sleep. I think that would be great. Yeah, I know. You remember how nice Pleasantville was because it was so creepy and dark? Uh Uh-huh. And uh, Fido... I'm thinking Ward Cleaver is like jack parsons and he's trying to open some gateway to another world that would work for me totally yeah hey what about those but at mo- the same time he dispenses <laughs> you know fatherly wisdom to his boys who are growing up 
He'll be good warlocks. Yeah. What about the moon rays? Hey, moon rays, thank you for giving us intro creature features at the top of the show. Listeners, you woke go that f- in seamlessly. I did. <laughs> I steamrolled that segue right in there. Uh, you can find them on Amazon or iTunes where you can buy their music digitally or maybe physically. I don't know. And uh, say hi to them on Facebook where they are the moon dash rays. So, what have you watched since last time, Will? Um, Better Call Saul. I think I'm up to episode four or five. I think you're about one or two past me. Um, I just watched, uh, Mike shoot a shoe, if you know what that means. <laughs> yep. Saw that okay. one. Is that a card game reference? No, he hangs some tennis shoes from a telephone oh. wire. Oh, to, to signal that. The... Yeah. Okay. So, uh, <clears throat> anyway, uh, good stuff. Uh, and then I also watched The Fly. All right. Which I will use in comparison to today's movie. You're on a Cronenberg kick. I'm loving Cronenberg right now. <laughs> I've always liked his movies, but now they, I don't know, they feel all fresh. Mm. That's what this show has done for me. You Ma- know. Make everything fresh again. <laughs> Everything's, I don't know. Everything old. Cronenberg. <laughs> I was trying to explain to Gene that I find Cronenberg's films very positive, even though you turn into something horrible. Yeah. It all works out in the mm-hmm. end. For, for somebody <laughs> for somebody i mean the new flash it's scary but yeah that's what, it's that's inevitable what makes him so interesting and and, and fresh because like uh it, it's not necessarily a bad thing that totally transformation yeah i mean it goes all wrong for seth brundle mm-hmm. but uh you know he i don't know i was i'm always caught up with his enthusiasm jeff goldblum plays a perfect Right, mad scientist yeah. in there. He's yeah. He kind of dialed down the stammering dork a little bit, didn't he? He does, but he's still very Jeff Goldblumy. Yeah, I don't but, think uh, he can't be. But uh, he works really well in that movie. Kind of want to rewatch The Fly. I recommend it. The Blu-ray looks really good. Yeah, we're we're in just a great time for uh, old stuff being put back out there and sharpened up. Just in time for it to come out on 4K. Or- yeah. Mm. <laughs> Does it need to be any sharper than Blu-ray? No, no I, I think Blu-ray is about... I, you know, even even Blu-ray is too harsh for a lot of old stuff. Oh, yeah. Yeah. My shitty eyes can't see that sharp. And if you turn the frame rate up, oh, God help you. It's like the 4K is great if, if it's something like, you know, uh, recent superhero movies or... Yeah. You know, stuff like that, but... Um, yeah, anything older than 2000 is just not worth it. And then what else did I watch? Oh, I watched uh, Hatchet for a Honeymoon. Oh, yeah. How was uh, that? It's a bava. Oh. Mm. Uh, it could be better. I think I yeah. think a bit too much Cronenberg makes having a room <laughs> full of mannequin brides yeah, a little passe. Mm. Sad to say. That's the only bit I remember. Yeah. It's a little slow. Honestly, it could have been better, but uh, um, I don't know. It was on Shutter, so. Have you seen Twitch of the Death Nerve? No, I'm not. That's a good one. We'll watch that one. Yeah, you need to see that one because it's so uh, it's so influential on later horror movies. There's uh, I can't remember all the ones. Uh, that was the earliest one I think available on Shutter, so oh, okay. we picked it. 
because we had already watched uh, we watched it on here and I can't remember the mask Black Sunday Black Sunday yeah. yes so that I think that one's on Shutter yeah yeah they've got a bunch of Bava and they love they love the Italian stuff on on that uh, particular network that I didn't realize Bava platform. directed that uh, uh, diabolic movie. I guess I don't Did remember he? that. Yeah. No? Okay. Who's? Uh, Clouseau. Oh, okay. Inspector Clouseau? I was given the wrong information. No wonder I'd never heard guy, of it. The guy who directed Wages of Fear. <clears throat> okay. I think that's all I watched this week. What'd you watch? Uh, oh, I watched some TV too. Uh, um, right in between Gumbies right now. Yeah. <laughs> I'm in between Gumbies. Uh, um, uh, yeah, so... It, like it was the finale of Gotham this week. It was like a double length ah. night, and uh, that was fun. I always enjoy that. That, that so, cast is so good. Has he become Batman yet? Uh, well, this is, a, Batman? this is a spoiler. He, he actually puts on a black ah. outfit and, and takes out a And it's very slimy. Oh, he takes out a mugger. Yeah. Yeah, it, it is different. kind of uh, yeah, it, it, right at the end of the, the season. So this is it will ruin it. But um, I'd like it if he it, instead of like I know you real you you mean taking out he beats up a mugger, right? But if he actually took oh, him yeah. out, if he was like you Talk know what, to him, you know, crime, yeah, it's not it's not going to work. It's out. not going to work out. Think of your mother, you know, and then he's. I don't know some misunderstanding. Well, superheroes never do that, you know. Like you never have Peter Parker saying to. Otto Octavius, you're a genius. If you if you just patented your stuff and sold it, yes. you'd be a millionaire. But but, I, but no, you've got to rob banks. I think that's because Doctor Octopus is mad. Mm. So, but you know, if he got in the right with the right colleagues, they could steer him. Maybe I think his mind snapped when he was fused with his <laughs> arms. Those arms control him as much as he controls them. Yeah, yeah. But uh, good point. You know, Spider-Man's villains are at least all crazy people. <laughs> they dress like animals. Batman always seemed kind of unfair that he'd go beat up muggers. But his uh, rogues gallery—they're all like nutcases with a with a gimmick. Yeah, they do. I love like, it. It's a playing card or a They're all Alice in Wonderland or Nutcases with a gimmick. Damn it if that couldn't have been our <laughs> podcast's name. Oh, we could change well, we'll, it. Yeah, we'll do a superhero one and call it Nutcases with a Gimmick. I like it. I like it a lot. Yeah. I need to sit down and watch Gotham at some point. I've seen a few it of is them. It's such fun. Yeah. The penguin's pretty fun. Oh, he's awesome. He he always makes us laugh. Yeah, that, that young actor is quite good. Yeah, yeah, fantastic. Yeah, he had a part uh, in The Walking Dead for a, a small handful of episodes. <clears throat> and when I heard he was going to be Cobblepot or whatever the precursor to mm-hmm. the Penguin is named. Speaking of muggings, just don't look like a Mark when you're out there. Just don't look like <laughs> a punk-ass Mark getting ready to take down. Yeah, and if you're, a, if you're a fabulously wealthy couple and you just come out watching Mark of Zorro, don't walk down Crime Alley. Yeah. yeah, why did they take the shortcut down Crime Alley? <laughs> you know, you could have the limo pick you yeah. up right there at the curb. And in some uh, old Batman stories, turns out that Batman's dad was Batman <laughs> at some point. So why did he go down the alley? Was he going to protect them and show off? 
If probably. Probably, and it went horribly, horribly wrong. <laughs> Do you think the advent of Uber is going to prevent uh, the Batman? creation of actual Batmans? I hope. <laughs> Anything that stops the proliferation of Batman. Batmans. Batmans. Did you listen to the Schnepp interview? He cleared it up for us once and for all. <laughs> I tricked him into saying Batmans. I asked him the question, but then he blurted it out in normal conversation. <laughs> All right. What else? <laughs> Sorry that we sidetracked. Oh, and another TV show we've been we're still watching. Uh, I, I I watched it before. Um, Ultra Q. Ultra Q. It's this uh, Japanese series from '66. Okay. And the whole Ultra series began here. Oh, okay. So, uh, it, does that lead to Ultraman? Yeah. So this is like or Ultramans. Um, the Ultramans. <laughs> the um, Ultramans. Ultramang. They uh, so they did this series and it was kind of inspired by a you know outer limits sort of things. Oh okay. Uh, and um, but it's, it usually involves monsters. Mm-hmm. Almost every episode turns out to be a monster, and and some of them are very whimsical and fairy tale like, uh, like the one we watched last night. But um, they're uh, yeah they're, they're they're such fun and they're only like twenty you know less than twenty five minutes long. So they don't overstay oh. their welcome, and oh, that's they often good. have you know some fun ideas, and they're always well shot. I mean, yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, yeah, I, I really enjoy that series. Very atmospheric, um, and when that's... they when they do try and do a like a scary episode, it's uh-huh. good. Yeah, there's this uh, episode. It's in English. It's called Baron Spider, uh, where uh, there's this mansion, and it's just there's these huge like tarantulas mm. haunting this mansion and and uh, these people get stranded there o- overnight and it's pretty creepy there's this excellent image where someone gets in like a four-poster bed yeah and they realize what's lurking in the top of the four-poster bed mm. and you can imagine this series going out in the in the mid-60s in japan and <laughs> you know these things are going out when kids are watching tv and oh scarring a generation oh yeah that's good stuff I mean, it's still pretty creepy now, but it must have been something. Uh, yeah, no, I watched a bunch more um, <clears throat> kung fu movies. Uh, the Ambush. Um, this is directed by Ho Meng who He was known for putting like horror bits and in, into his martial arts movies. Okay. Um, so, at a certain point, one of the characters dresses as a ghost, mm. starts haunting this mansion. Uh, and there's a there's a at, at the end there's this fight on a windmill. <laughs> they're just not they're not just like fighting through the windmill and they they like climb up on it and uh, and they end up on one of the sails having a fight <laughs> going around and there's windmills. It's crazy. Uh, so fantastic magic baby, which I've seen before, which fantastic is fantastic magic. Fantastic baby. magic baby. <laughs> so this is from 1975. This is ironically, <laughs> there's nothing fantastic magic or baby involved. <laughs> Uh, so this is a Chang Che who's, who's usually known for his fighting uh, movies. Baby fighting but movies. This, yeah, this is a baby fighting movie. <laughs> I can uh, fight like five babies. I can fight a whole room full of babies. <laughs> given enough preparation. Sure. Don't do it when you're drunk. No, no. I need a couple weeks of planning. <laughs> Did you ever hear Dana Gould's joke about time traveling and... People talk about going back in time and killing Hitler. Yeah. He had an idea to go back in time and kidnap baby Hitler 
and then go forward in time and use baby Hitler as a club to beat baby Charles Manson to death. <laughs> and of okay. course he pantomimes the swinging and beating of one baby into the other. And he says, I know this looks really bad, <laughs> but these are very evil babies. <laughs> Sorry about that. Go ahead, Julian. <laughs> anyway, this, this is like an episode from the, you know, the monkey epic, um, Journey to the West. It's this 16th century novel, and it's been there's been tons of stage plays and and uh, movies, yeah, TV series based on it. Um, but uh, it's basically um, it's a kind of fantastical telling of when a Buddhist priest went to India and brought back the scrolls. Oh, okay. Uh, so I, I don't know if he'd be counted as Buddhist when he went, but when he came when he back, comes he was. Back, he's <laughs> uh, I can't remember, but uh, anyway. So in the in the story, there's uh, the priest is escorted by three characters that represent various human weaknesses. So the main one is Monkey, who's mm-hmm. this like ancient uh, ape who's become fantastically powerful by accident and who's caused havoc in heaven. Oh, and he's okay. been cast down, sealed up in rock for a thousand years. And then he's freed in order to escort the priest. Okay. And then they pick up, uh, there's this pig who represents like lust and stuff. And, mm-hmm. and then there's uh, there's this cannibalistic river spirit. Um, you know, He wears a string of skulls around his neck. But uh, So they, they go along as the escort for the priest. And the priest is like um, often played by a woman. Okay. Um, and uh, the priest is is so holy that eating his flesh will prolong your life for a thousand years. So every demon and so on that's heard about this wants journey to, wants yeah. to eat this priest. So uh, you know, there's, there's tons of fighting along the way. Um, but anyway, in, in, in this episode, they uh, uh, they come up against uh, these. Uh, bull demon and his wife uh, princess iron fan and uh so they want to capture the priest and and um the the uh they have the son who is the fantastic magic baby oh okay and the son has learned uh these these fire techniques so he's incredibly powerful he's, he's like he can beat monkey in a straight fight okay but uh th- this movie looks really bizarre and if you don't know the context it's much stranger and this thing came out in in America. It played on Forty Second Street, apparently. And you can just imagine all these people just wasted watching this really weird looking movie because it's it's done on really minimal <clears throat> sets. Uh, what they wanted to do is like basically film Chinese, you know, like Peking opera. Uh huh. So it was kind of stylistic acrobatics, very minimal stage sets. It's not it's not like no theater, but very like it, you you like a mountainscape would be like a bunch of rocks and then a backdrop of painted mountains or, okay. or a backdrop would just be color. Uh, and like heaven is represented just by smoke. Um, so, uh, yeah, it, it just looks really strange and it's wow. lit in these strong colors, like lots of reds and uh, all sorts of weird things happen. And then there's long stretches without any dialogue. It, so it's like Suspiria. <laughs> yeah <laughs> um everything i see now is like suspicious it's like weird um but anyway anyway it's uh 
yeah, it's, it's quite quite fun and unusual. It's it's pretty short. Uh, it's got it, I think it's the screen debut of Philip Quark. He plays uh, one of the. He's definitely one of the henchmen of the demon, and he supposedly plays this golem that uh, appears as well. Um, but yeah, that, that was fun. And then I saw uh, the Andromeda Strain. Have you seen that one? Mm-hmm. Long time ago. I don't think I've ever seen it. It's a it's a Robert Wise movie, and uh, there's there's some similarities to the Haunting, where it's like uh, this uh, this team is brought into this uh, place, and uh, there's always like use of uh, like distorted lenses and things in that. Um, anyway, it's about this. Um, uh, this town in the desert has been wiped out by something, and uh, they pretty soon they work out that it, 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 it's this uh, airborne strain, what, what comes to be known as the Andromeda strain. <clears throat> and uh, so there's this like laboratory that's buried in the desert, and you have to go down all these levels, and each level is like more and more done to sterilize and purify the human body. Hmm. And uh, so they're stuck right down the bottom of this, and then they have to isolate the strain and, and find out how to stop it. Because um, if it gets out, and it, it can like replicate, and, and it will just yeah kill everything. Um, but it, it's based on a Michael Crichton. Yeah, I read the book. Novel. Um, Douglas... It had like six kinds <clears throat> of statisticians. And then a mathematician. Right. And you thought they were all the same character. Yeah, yeah. And so the film introduces a woman, yeah. which is, is not in the novel. And she's really fun, uh, Kate Kate Reed. Um, yeah, she's she's really funny. She's kind of really cranky and yeah. upset about being stuck down in this lab. Uh, that would be a good one to rewatch. Did you like it? Yeah, it's really slow burn, and it really expects you to pay attention. And it's about scientists yeah, and the ma- the plot is about them investigating, you know, scientific exper- experiment. Yeah. So there's like really tense stuff at the end, um, when things go horribly wrong, but uh, that's the only action you get. Yeah. It's all about the scientific process, and it, so it, it it's it's expecting you to find that interesting. Yeah. It does make it look interesting, and so, but if you if you're expecting like. Uh, zombie usual, plague yeah. oh here's a science fiction concept and now we'll have a chase <laughs> for two hours yeah no uh it's, it's not like that it's pretty yeah uh, no running seriously. gun battles yeah, I think I have no rewatch that one yeah it's very good um great uh imagery especially at the start with the the town that's been wiped out um uh, all that heaven allows speaking of suspiria <laughs> uh another <laughs> douglas Sirk movie and this is the one where he really cranked the technicolor and ah. uh, especially when when she goes in a bedroom, you're, oh, you're just like, oh, Suspiria. It's like <laughs> blues and reds, like no one's bedroom ever Ooh, looked wow. like this. Uh, Jane Wyman, Rock Hudson, Gloria Talbot, who was uh, I Married a Monster from Outer Space, and okay, <laughs> daughter of Doctor Jekyll and things like that. Uh, she's in it. She, um, that was that was really cool. Okay, more uh, kung fu, uh, Bat Without Wings. That's another Choi Yuan. Uh, fantasy movie Bat Without Wings that's just a mouse (laughs) (laughs) from 1980 didn't sound as cool so uh, the Bat Without Wings um, he's this like notorious like killer rapist guy um, and he's got a certain mask and uh, he well basically he looks like Gene Simmons okay oh okay he's got this like bat cape 
and the, the makeup and it's like he doesn't <laughs> I even like has spits blood at some point but um yeah he doesn't breathe fire but yeah it, it's pretty funny uh, it's got some, it's got some good horror scenes in there as well like uh uh this movie there's tons of people who supposedly dead but they're actually alive and vice versa and you know it, it gets quite um involved uh, there's there's this like woman who's who's killed and she's sent back to a family and she's a dismembered ghost like she she lifts off her head and then they, when they find her body it's all in pieces look a decapitated head <laughs> uh, <Yawn>. but, yeah <laughs> uh yeah that's pretty cool uh the golden knight that was that was a good one it's directed by yu feng who did the bells of death which is excellent i didn't like this one as much um the fights are kind of perfunctory uh but you've got Lily Holy Lee, um, she's out to clear her name, and uh, it's got a very early appearance from um, Summer Hung. Uh, he he's he's like this henchman and and uh, to uh, infiltrate uh, this clan, they they kidnap Ku Feng and cut off his face, and then transplant it over Samu. <laughs> And then, and then they like do a bit of magic <clears throat> ointment, and then the, like face you, off. Yeah, you, um, someone had to say it. But it's, it's another one. There's 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 uh, uh, like uh, the classical martial arts movies where a woman, uh, you know, they have extremely pretty women, and she like all they have to do is like put their hair up, and everyone like no one realizes that they're actually a woman. <laughs> Oh yes, <laughs> they'll they'll go around pretending to be scholars or warriors or something, and yeah. and like no one has has a clue that they're actually a woman. Um, but she, uh, uh, I, I want... think people just accepted it a lot easier back then. <laughs> if you dress the part, who am I to question? Yeah, it's just you? just one of these conventions in these movies. Um, yeah. I don't know if it still happens. I I, I can't remember anything from the eighties onwards where they actually, they did that. But um, yeah, at one point she she meets a this, this, she tracks down this lady ninja who's been giving her a bad time, and uh, to get this this ninja on her side, she she basically seduces her, and uh, the, the the ninja doesn't realize that she's another woman. Yeah, and it's not it's not like an explicit seduction, but it, she's obviously got her in this romantic mm-hmm. snare. Um, so that, that was quite interesting. Uh, that's from 1970 uh, Tightrope which I'd never seen before from 1984 Clint Eastwood hmm. what happens in that one uh, it's he's he's a he's a cop in New Orleans and there's a serial killer who's been knocking off prostitutes and he he knows the Eastwood character so and the Eastwood character's kind of got his sleazy side and he goes to prostitutes he's he's like a he's he's been since he's been divorced he goes to see prostitutes mm. and uh the killer starts targeting those women oh okay and leaving clues and trying to point people towards this cop and, um so yeah you see clint doing some stuff that you don't see <laughs> otherwise um and uh uh it's got genevieve bubble in it who is in coma Mm, uh coma is another michael Crichton movie yeah um another proto slasher movie there's like a sequence where she gets chased through a hospital by this guy in overalls but um 
yeah it, it's it's got lots of slasher aesthetics to it it's like it shows you how after the slasher boom of the early 80s so many mainstream thrillers used yeah. those tricks you know it's got mm -hmm. the woman bends down and opens a fridge and then when she closes the fridge door there's the killer the killer's right there yeah, yeah um and you know there's lots of stuff in it like that um the killer was in the fridge <laughs> Uh, yeah, so that one, and then, uh, yeah, I think that was it. All right. Do you want to pause for a... For the cat drug break? Cat drug break. <laughs> yeah, one moment. All right, and we're back. So while, while you're away injecting your cat, mm -hmm. as they say. <laughs> it's so dirty. In the parlance of our times. We were talking about the, uh, the reviews for the new Alien movie and the new Mummy movie, and... They don't make us want to go rush out and see them. Oh. I almost want to see the Mummy movie because it sounds so bad. <laughs> <laughs> but I doubt I would pay to see it. Mm. As, but, long, uh, as long, I think it's hovering at about twenty five percent right now oh. on, on Rotten Tomatoes. Ouch. Yeah, and I've not heard anything good about the Alien movie either. Mm. But it's more dumb people doing dumb things to get killed. Surprise. <laughs> Why is that? The people in Alien weren't dumb. No, I mean they, were they didn't know what the hell them. they they were doing, right? Because they were miners, right? Sent by their android to pick up some awful creature. Yeah, with, with this whole like, is it the Dark Universe franchise where yes. they're trying to put all the Universal monsters in one thing? Yes, evidently it has crashed and burned. Yeah, already. <laughs> Just stop it. Um, Just remake stuff. They wanted, you know, you couldn't do a, a mummy movie like the, the originals were. There no. has to be this like super fantastic. Yes, she's going to end the world or something, yeah. I'm sure. Yeah, she can't just shuffle around strangling people every now and then. Yeah, but, what's wrong with the strangling? Why does it have to be world dull. domination and destruction? Yeah, because it's got to be a big summer movie. You know, they can't, they can't leave them alone like... Uh, I fear for the creature from the Black Lagoon. It's going to be... He's going to oh, take uh, over from the some, universe. Yeah, it's going to be ancient underwater civilization that rises once more and can cause tsunamis and you know take your pick of London again or New York again or maybe Los Angeles gets flooded. and Yeah. Um, yeah. It, it Chicago. Yeah, 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 the tsunami's so big. That would it's be impressive. so big. Lake Michigan, <laughs> Swamp Chicago. I could see that. Yeah, it, it is a big lake. Yeah. I mean, it is impressively big. You can't see the other side of it. No, ever. Mm -hmm. Not even it from... It just keeps going, even from space. Not even from the, <laughs> the what you're talking about, Willis Tower. What you're talking about, Willis Tower. Yeah, it used to Formerly be the Sears Tower. Sears Tower. Yeah. I got a parking space right outside the Sears Tower. You did? Yeah, it was amazing. That's called <laughs> the either... only parking spot we saw that was not, you know, tow away, don't park here, go away. Right. You know, um, yeah, right in front. Wow. It was bizarre. So you can either call that Kojak parking or Batman parking. <laughs> it was Kojak parking. Yeah. Yeah, because he was always like, let's go downtown, baby. Right, right. And pull right up in front yeah. of the courthouse or whatever. Yeah. You know. I don't think you could have a Kojak character these days. No. He had some line about giving uh, lady friends lingerie or 
negligees. <laughs> oh man. Uh, so, okay. <laughs> what'd you watch? I watched uh, just some television. I didn't get any actual movies in that I recall anyway. Um, the first episode of Twin Peaks, the re- reboot. reboot. Uh, I liked it uh, to a point. I mean, there's there's a certain amount of fan service going on, which there should be. I expect it. Um, then, of course, there's um, characters uh, played by actors who maybe didn't age as well as you might hope, and some who did. Such as? Um... Well, the lady who played the log lady was dying of cancer. Yeah, she died. She died during filming at some point, so she didn't look uh, that well. That scene really did not play well when she just keeled over the middle of it and they kept going. <laughs> they stepped over her. <laughs> Psst, just read her lines off camera. And the, and the goofy uh, receptionist dispatcher woman at the sheriff's office. Yeah. It's cute when you're in your 20s or 30s, but when you're 60, playing the goofy airhead receptionist person, it, uh, it, it just looks like... Yeah, I don't know if I'm going to watch it or not. I have not decided. I'm going to. Yeah. I've heard that like uh, it doesn't really uh, pander to the nostalgia. It really goes off on its own way. Well, it seems to be stampeding so. straight toward weird, mm. which is great. That's, that's all I want to hear. Yeah, yeah. I, I, that's a good thing. I'm good. Yeah, so the the amount of fan service I think was just how they introduced the characters that you already know. Mm. Uh, I don't think it's going to be pandering. It, it feels like it's going to be all right. Um, uh, you remember the two brothers who who uh, were trying to do the business deal with the Norwegians? Yeah, Ben and I think it was Ben and Jerry. <laughs> Jerry was played by the guy who was in uh, the Warriors. The little yeah. the little weird guy. Uh, he's now like an old burned out hippie. He's got like a big long gray beard. He's just. I have a copy of Northwest Passage, the fan edit. Oh. The first season of Twin Peaks and the bits of the second, if you want a copy. I would love to see that. Okay. It's like five hours long, five and a half hours long. It's a pretty good job. Our, um, uh, my wife's grandfather lived in Seattle, and he took us out to Snoqualmie Falls. Oh, nice. Yeah. I was pretty excited. I said, oh, yeah, this is it. This is it. <laughs> For real. He's the falls, and he, he hadn't heard of it. Oh. He had no idea. I bought a coffee mug there. I don't know where it is. I might have broken it since. Coffee. Yeah. Uh, I watched a couple more episodes of The Leftovers, so I'm almost caught up on that one. I've and not seen that one. It's good. I think you'd like it. And then... Um, for some reason, the first two episodes of Fear the Walking Dead, which I kind of like where they're at with it right now, but I don't even want to go into that. It's it's a spinoff of The Walking Dead, and you guys don't even watch that. So, Yeah, I just realized we both got scars on our forearms. Yeah. What's that about? Uh, it was me putting up one of those racks that holds rakes and shovels. I don't remember where I got mine. Oh, yeah. Mine was just reaching up, going, oh, that thing's there now. Yes, I just put it there five minutes ago. Oh. Yeah. So I won't do that so a second time. If you had one as well, that would be spooky. It would it be would. spooky. So uh, should we go into sure. uh, our listener uh, feedback real quick? Yep. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. So uh, we did hear... Whoa, 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 whoa Listener? Whoa. whoa. Feeding back? Whoa. 
Wait, we have a listener? Oh, yeah, we're in the big time now. We, we have one for sure. Damn it. Wait, wait till we get merchandise. We wanted to be the only podcast with no listeners. <laughs> I listened to I it. That's why. Damn it. I, I, I it have to listen to so it. So now we've got two. We've doubled our audience. We've doubled our audience. <laughs> so this is from Johnny. Three times more audience members than I thought we had just minutes ago. And this will tie into our movie that we're going to talk this about tonight. This is John. Johnny. Uh, not sure if Jolien just didn't know or if perhaps he meant fourth instead of third. I f- forgot completely. Okay. You forgot. That's fair. My, you, my fault. You can Sorry, forget Johnny. things. Um, but Beyond Reanimator 2003 was the third and final installment. It premiered on Sci-Fi when the channel was spelled correctly and had a, limi- and had a limited theatrical run in the United States. Uh, it's worth a look, however... It's on par with the bride, <laughs> so okay. I, I'll, uh, I'll I'll look for. I, I just don't count Sci-Fi Channel usually. I just don't think of them when I yeah, think of movies. Yeah, I, I know what you mean. Um, but, he said, but, "Yeah, my fault. Sorry." He said, "It's they put it's, out Call of the Wild or whatever we watched. Oh, Night of the Wild. <laughs> Night of the Wild. Uh, Call of the Night." Johnny does say that it's stupid fun, nonetheless. And he goes on to tell us that Stuart Gordon was planning on a fourth House of Reanimator some years back, <laughs> but it kept falling through. So imagine that. Um, supposedly, the plot went as follows. The U.S. government calls in Herbert West after a Bush-like president dies in office. And rumor has it, if the president was to be played, uh, if it was to be made, the president would be played by William H. Macy, which would have been pretty interesting, I think. Yeah. Um, there was a lot that uh, that went forward from Reanimator into From Beyond, and at least nine things transferred over. Nine people and or things. So um, I made little hatch marks next to the ones that, at a glance, I could tell you. Um, Stuart Gordon directed, Brian Usna produced, a story by uh, Brian Usna and Dennis Paoli, um, based on an H.P. Lovecraft story. It starred Jeffrey Combs, Barbara Crampton, um, and Carolyn Purdy Gordon, uh, music by Richard Band. So there's at least nine or ten things right there. Uh, so if it feels like a companion piece, that's why. Yeah. It's so sort of a sequel. It, it almost feels like a sequel, doesn't it? Yeah. I mean, I liked Herbert West better than, uh, Crawford. Crawford. Yeah, they, they kind of changed the roles around cause like, uh, the Barbara Crampton character is more like I Herbert like West than. I like that a lot. Jeffrey Coombs is more like the, uh, what was his name? The. Kane, Kane, Dan yeah. Kane. Yeah, he's more like him. Yeah. Yeah, Dr. Crawford Tillingest. Tilling, Tillingest. 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 Um, uh, and Barbara Crampton as Dr. Catherine McMichaels. Yeah, I like that she was the mad scientist who would do anything for the experiment. Yeah. So, uh, what do you think, Will? You had not seen this before? Or I'd seen, seen it? Yeah, I had seen this a long time ago. Uh, this was one that I remembered the box of yep. more than the actual movie. <laughs> I remember the monster and all that. I remember the explosion at the end. Um, but I find that these movies, this one and Reanimator, suffer from a bit of, I don't know, they're a bit generic in a way. Okay. Um. I watched The Fly, same year, mm-hmm. same sort of thing. Body horror involved. Body horror involving some sort of weird machines. 
Now think about the machines, the pods from the fly. Yeah. Very memorable. Mm-hmm. Um, in this movie, the machines kind of, eh, it doesn't look like that much. It's a tuning fork. Yeah, it's a bunch of tuning forks. It doesn't really do much. Later in the movie, because the machine makes you horny, bleeding through the other side from beyond or whatever, uh, Barbara Crampton puts on some bondage gear. All I could think of was if this had been a Cronenberg film, he would have designed the bondage gear Mm -hmm. she would have put on instead of just off-the-rack stuff. They go to the asylum to meet uh, Jeffrey Combs' character. Um, And the window on the wall is clearly just a stage window. And (laughs) I don't mind that stuff so much, but I find overall in these movies it doesn't very it doesn't actually represent a place even if the place isn't a real place okay it it reads too movie like which doesn't always bother me but for th- these movies something about it something about the direction combined with the just sort of generic details like the cops show up at some point and it's i don't know i think you explained it as being uh i assume this was also part of a tv show idea i think it it had something to do with uh yeah i I believe they might have that uh, Stuart gordon might have had kind of the same feelings about this one how it should look and feel yeah um i don't know that he intended it for any kind of stage play or television uh but it was filmed in a studio in italy so i think it felt even more like it was on a set Mm mm-hmm and then there's just things like the cops show up at, at the beginning and uh, they were the most generic-looking cops you've ever seen. And it just, it's things like that. I feel like I'm missing little details that mm. this is not a bad film, and I enjoy it, and I like this kind of sick... I really enjoy mad, dark science sort of stories. Sure. You know? he, he could be a wizard, but instead he's a, <laughs> quote, scientist. Um, but missing those little details prevents this movie from being great, I guess. Yeah. Okay. I think that's pretty fair. Uh, Its biggest um, problem for me is that it sits right there next to Reanimator, and Reanimator is is far and away (laughs) more fun. Reanimator is a lot of fun. This movie, for some reason, it tries the same sort of things, but for whatever reason, it doesn't work. Yeah. It, it it doesn't fall flat. It just doesn't succeed in the way Reanimator does. Yeah. In Reanimator, there's just an outrageousness to it and a, a sort of an urgency, in a sense, uh, going on that is driven by uh, the performance of Jeffrey Combs as Herbert West. But, you know, Herbert West as he's written, but especially how he's portrayed, yeah. uh, really drives that all forward in a kind of a um, quietly frantic sort of way. Not even always so quietly, but uh, and it's so outrageous and fun that you, then you watch this and it's like it's kind of outrageous, it's kind of fun, but if we never had Reanimator, we might like this more than we do. Hmm, I don't know. Perhaps. But uh, I, I like it fine. I just it, it suffers from comparison for me yeah. anyway. Julian, how about you? How do yeah, you I, I, in my notes, uh, like uh, the point made about Cronenberg, uh, this movie doesn't commit. It feels like it's. Uh, or it kind of dips its toes in kinkiness. Mm-hmm. Well, that's right. not what you want. It's like, uh, this has got to be full throttle. Um, 
you know, the, the whole idea of the story is like seeing things you've never seen before, which are awesome and terrible and take you, uh, it just changes your idea of reality. Yeah. And it's when people get a little kinky. Yeah. Uh, like, you know, like the Cenobites introduce you to in Hellraiser. Yeah. It's so off the wall that it involves being torn apart by hooks. Mm-hmm. And you can't understand how awesome that is because you've not been there. Yeah. But apparently it's awesome because they're all into it. But this, uh, like uh, the, the whole, uh, when, when she uh, puts on the, uh, like the S&M gear, mm-hmm. oh, she, she looks great, but um, it doesn't, it's not S&M that's going on. No. It's vanilla sex. Right. Yeah, totally. Right. Um, yeah, it just it doesn't follow through on, on the concepts. Yeah, you know, nobody, uh, and we never really got a a good idea of why Dr. Patronus was evil, other than he had been driven mad. Pretorius. Pretorius, that's like, right. Like in Frankenstein. <laughs> yes, Bride of Pretorius. Frankenstein, yeah, yeah. Directly from that. And, and uh, Carolyn Purdy Gordon plays Dr. Block. Yeah. And of course, we know her from Reanimator, and uh, well, she she's Stuart Gordon's wife. So yeah, she's in most of his movies. Yeah, yeah, she <laughs> she plays the um, sort of the antagonist to the. I love how they could just lock you up. Oh yeah, the, well, back in the good old days, they could do that. You know, of course, <laughs> if you needed to be locked up, you could get locked up. But the you know the other side of that coin was people could just go. He's out of his mind. Lock him up. But uh, on the other side of the coin is a lot of people who were seeing air eels. Yeah, yeah, that's it. It's like uh, you open up your vision to the vast beyond, and it's like being in an aquarium. Yeah, I was. You know, they they could have done something. Well, I mean, they didn't have the budget for what they wanted to do. That you know, they got Neil Adams to do all these concepts and. Ooh. So what what the, the idea was like in the in the story, uh, when the machine starts up, uh, he he starts he sees these colors and he sees ultraviolet, and then the room disappears and it's this temple, and then the temple disappears and it's the void, it's the beyond. Oh, okay. And then he feels and hears something coming towards him. Yeah. And uh, uh, and then. Uh, uh, yes, yeah, so there's these smaller creatures. They'd be like the eels in the movie, which can which pass through his body. I thought and that so on. was that was a good creepy bit when when he when the doctor first reappears, he comes out of the shadows and you don't really know who he is and he's Crawford. <laughs> that was a good creepy bit. Um, but anyway, so they wanted. Yeah, so it's that that in the short story he he like he's he. He brought, he's brought to the house. He sees how the, his his old science colleague has degenerated. Yeah. Uh, he switches the machine on. And immediately he starts seeing the colors, and then the temple, and then the void. And he hears, uh, and he and he sees these smaller creatures, like which which pass through what he used to know as solid matter. Yeah. And uh, and then there's something worse that's coming, uh, which has killed off all the house staff. And uh, and and the uh, the uh, Crawford Tillinger's character, uh, who who's the evil one in the story, mm-hmm. he says, uh, you know, he hates this the the nameless narrator for for dismissing him. Oh, okay. And he says, yeah, something much worse is is coming for you. 
But at, at that point, the narrator pulls a gun, shoots the machine. Oh, okay. Um, Not a fire extinguisher. <laughs> <laughs> Die, you fucker. Yeah. Um, so that, that's all there is to the story. Yeah. Um, but, uh, yeah, there's it, more awesome things happen, which they didn't have the budget for. Yeah. That's too bad. Someone should remake this. I would like to see that. You know, maybe... Um, you need somebody who's really visionary, though. Yeah. Somebody, somebody new, exciting. Yeah. Now, one other thing this had in common with Reanimator was the cold open, which I enjoyed that. You know, that you just dropped right into the middle of the action wondering what the hell is going on. And uh, uh, Crawford is just like, holy shit, this thing bit me on the face. Mm-hmm. I got it working, and I have to go wake up, uh, what's his face, Pretorius. Pretorius, yes. Yeah. Pretorius Patronus the third. Yes. So uh, we mentioned earlier that it was filmed on a, like, in a studio. And this was um, a, a studio that was built by or owned by Dino De Laurentiis. It was, it was built by. Yeah, and he'd lost it because of he hadn't paid taxes. So the government had seized it. Yeah. And uh, so it was sold to Empire Studios. Uh, the reason you, you would see stuff, especially then, made in places like Italy. Made in the U.S., this would have cost $15 million. Uh, and the equivalent over there, $2.5 million got it done. So they wouldn't have been able to make it at all otherwise from mm-hmm. the sound of it. Mm-hmm. Uh, when they were doing the credits, I was uh, looking at all the Italian names, and I went, well, without even reading into this you know without even reading any background on this i can tell this was filmed in italy mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah there's no other on, clues on the, really the uh, the interior of the house is the one they used for dolls which yeah is, that's fun and it was filmed right after this and released um, a year later i believe is it i think it was let me see i have a note here about it but uh it was dolls filmed there's a dolls just before movie it. For... uh shot at the same time and it was released the following year okay 87 yeah. There's an 87 movie for us dolls. <laughs> that's hey. got some fun stuff in it. Yeah. Have you seen that one? Yeah. yeah. Now, now, that's one of those that's movies. Got an excellent couple in it. The couple who own the house. They're excellent. I don't we know this to... movie. I, oh, I, I only know the box. You should see it. I only okay, know the cover. We're watching dolls next. It's got a great opening, and the, the couple in it are just such fun. Yeah. Okay, so dolls. All right. Dolls. There we have it. Okay. We'll, we'll do dolls next. So, um,. As far as the story goes, it's it's interesting enough, but the the characters, uh, for example, Bubba Brownlee, the the uh, yeah. Ken Ken Forey character, uh, is such a caricature. He's a goofball. He's like uh, I don't know, Manton Moreland at the start. Yeah, he kind of is, isn't he? Did you notice when he uh, tackles? I want to say Herbert West, but <laughs> you could say Herbert West. Same day. Jeffrey Coombs on the stair, uh, Combs on the stairs, <laughs> and when he goes down on, the, they fall down the stairs. The stunt man who's playing Brown Lee leaves a big brown streak <laughs> where his makeup no. comes off his side. <sighs> 
Was he in? I thought it was blood, <laughs> and so I stopped it and backed it up and watched it. Yeah, he hits the wall, and you can see the makeup. Oh, if you back nice. it up a little more, you can see his face. Is he it goes a... down the stairs? It's obviously not him at all. <laughs> so is it is it a white guy? It's just a painted white guy brown. Painted brown. Wow. <laughs> but you know, it's pretty quick. I mean. I don't think I'd ever noticed it before, and I used to be quite the eagle eye for movie mistakes. Yeah, they well, what they do is they put them in the red briefs, so you don't notice things like, oh, it's a white guy painted brown. With a wig, yeah. <laughs> right. Oh, my. Oh, well. Ironically, they painted Bubba Brown Lee white to play <laughs> Jeffrey Combs in that stunt. <laughs> Oh, I don't even want to go there, but uh, I, I do like there was there was a particular line that Crawford says. Uh, we saw creatures, these things swimming in the air, and then he explains that they're all around us all the time, and he had to destroy the resonator because it came, it ate him, bit off his head like a gingerbread man. <laughs> that is that was my, a good one. That was my favorite line. Yeah. Of course, uh, when when it finally got a hold of him, it just digested his hair. Apparently, it would be a good Halloween costume if anybody would know what you were. <laughs> yeah, you could go with your oh, with that pineal thing. gland. Yes, waving around. Yeah. So um, it seems like it was kind of the wild west as far as legality went, because Doctor McMichael's just says, "Well, we're going to go back to that house. Let him out. Let's go." Yeah. It's like, well, we have to send this caricature of a cop with you, so, you know, make mm -hmm. it all fun. Uh, so he, he wore his red briefs and headed out. <laughs> Not a boxer man. He's a brief man. Yeah. And a uh, brief appearance by a stuntman. Why do you have to be a cop? Why yeah. couldn't he just be the third scientist? Right. Or well, he, he has to be the guy who has to have things explained to him, doesn't he? Yeah. Uh, see, uh, that's another thing. I found this movie spent a lot of time explaining what it was going to do, especially the villain. Spent a lot of time explaining what he was going to do, um, which is never as scary as just doing it. So let's talk about the gooey, pervy uh, Dr. Pretorius. What? Okay, what is it about this infinite... Uh, pleasure dome that he's been hanging out in that makes him all gross and gooey and misshapen. I mean, why would you look like a big... Well, in, in the in the original story, he's this, he's described as... He, it, I mean, before the story begins, he was a stout fellow. Yeah. And when the story... Uh, when the story commences, he's undergone a change. So, like, the first line of the story is horrible beyond conception was the change which had taken place in my best friend Crawford Tillingers and it you know, describes all the physical degeneration he's gone through ah. hmm. but in the, in the movie I think the, the idea was they made him a kind of shogoth which is like a, this metamorphic creature from uh, out the mountains of madness mm -hmm. um, kind of like the thing yeah but not... Not as good. No. <laughs> it's not convincing Shogoth. Mm, no. It, it doesn't seem like a threat. No, that was my problem. This thing's like, kind of seems trapped in the house and doesn't... Yeah. 
on this I thing was... has trouble getting across a room. I, I wouldn't. Mm -hmm. It talks a good game, but yeah. you know, doesn't really yeah. do anything. I also thought that the doctor showing up with the bomb just out of the blue seemed a little well, odd. Well, yeah, she. So she's wearing her gear. Yeah. And then the next time you see her, she's all dressed and she's got a time bomb. Yeah, like she stopped by the house, showered, changed, by Hobby Lobby. got her bomb that she had been building in her spare time just in case something happened. Yeah. Shit's going to get real and I'm yeah. going to need a time bomb. What did, uh, what did Bubba make for dinner, speaking of spare time? Was that uh, dumplings? It was what? dumplings and some sort of beef yeah. stew. Mm -hmm. Yeah, okay. I was thinking, you know, if I was a director, I would have made the actor actually make dinner yeah. for everybody. You know, I want that level of realism there. Yeah. <laughs> Are you a method actor? I hope so. I hope so, because we're going to be living in this house with a demon thing. Yeah, we're going to summon... Shape-shifting awfulness from the other side. From beyond, some would say. I'm I falsely remembered the um, the pineal gland um, that was protruding out as being one of the eels, mm. which would have looked really cool. But it was just this little antenna with a kind of little ball thingy on the end. Yeah, didn't do much for me. Uh, uh, I did like when she bit that thing off. That was pretty funny. Yeah, uh, uh, you know, if they do do a newer version of it. 3D would be work well with this. Ooh, oh, yes. I'd like to see this that. Would be good if you 3D. had a switch to, I mean, if the 3D really amped up when they switch the machine on. Yeah, only when the machine comes on. Mm -hmm. Put your glasses on now. Yeah, all your <laughs> all the things would come out. The screen. Yeah. The back of people's heads. And, right. Yeah, that'd be good. Get on it, Hollywood. Yeah. <laughs> They're making Transformers and Mummy movies, and give us a good 3D movie there was a nice tie-in to um uh the aylmer and, and brain damage when uh, when they end up all locked up back in the hospital i think bubba gets eaten by a bunch of bugs but then um dr mcmichael's oh, that's what happened to him yes. yeah he got eaten by all these bees or bugs or something and they end up uh crawford and um catherine um dr mcmichael's they end up back at the um uh, sanitarium or whatever you want to call it yeah. um, the, the mental ward and um he loses his mind uh, with his newfound um, mutation and whatnot, and he ends up eating brains. There's like a, v a vats of full of brains for some reason. For some reason. Yeah, there's buckets. Why of does them. he eat brains? Why are the buckets of brains? Yeah. <laughs> buckets and buckets of brains. Yeah. And Come on down to buckets of brains. <laughs> we got buckets of brains. Brains of all sizes. Of all sizes and all size buckets. Yeah, so don't need a brain just a bucket come on down anyway <laughs> need a brain but no bucket got your own bucket we got bring brains. it down we got brains that need buckets <laughs> brains to go yeah he's seeing in psychedelic colors he's eating brains he's, he's seen in like eight bit psychedelic <laughs> colors right just like which the always seems like a step down in any of these shows where <laughs> Ooh, the predator sees an infrared. No, he sees really crappy for a high tech hunter. Yeah, <laughs> you know. Or I love it. In some of them, they just throw up a red filter. Mm -hmm. It's like ooh, the robot sees in red. I guess that's supposed to be. Yeah, you, just like, you think of the, the man with the X ray eyes. Mm hmm. It's like they haven't gone any further than that. No, they haven't. And if they did, would we really care? 
Yes, we would love it. Okay. Yeah, I'd love some cosmic terror, please. Yeah, some real <laughs> uh, cosmic the, terror. The story is just uh, just got this great concept of like there's things all around us all the time, and yeah, and now you can see them. Do you? And they are now aware of you. Uh, what what did they call those things? Um, rods. Do you remember rods? Uh, they were like a late nineties, early two thousand. Uh, mystery thing that people would see when they would videotape. Oh. And it turns out they were insects, but because yeah. of the way they're, they're filmed, they end up looking like they're kind of elongated. And oh, you can okay. see these yeah. ridges if you slow it down. Because the film's not fast enough, or the videotape's not fast enough to capture. Yeah, the frame rate's the frame not good rate. Yeah, exactly. So that's what this reminded me of, was, you know, <laughs> these stories. Around, Ooh, there's rods all around us. Well, the, the, they need uh, a better name. But. So, so Lovecraft wrote this in 1920, mm-hmm. and he just read this uh, uh, essay by Hugh Elliott um, called Modern Science and Materialism, which talked about uh, our limit of vision and how there's so much out there in the universe yeah like, beyond our uh you know range of colors that we can perceive and um that there's gaps between matter that we can't perceive yeah which is you know we now know to be true um so uh, yeah it's a pretty awesome concept. yeah it is an awesome concept somebody needs to redo it and make it you know really mind-blowing yeah I don't know who a mind-blowing director is right now, but Mm-mm. there's got to be somebody out there. Yeah, yeah, we should, we should see that awesome director emerge soon. Yeah, and if not, just give it to Brian De Palma. I'll watch it anyway. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I probably won't like it, but I'll still go watch it. He would go much further with the the sexual. Yes. Exactly. Stuff. I think all of that need everything needed to be pushed further. He, he's good with obsession. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah that'd be interesting. Yeah. Brian De Palma doing Lovecraft. De Palma doing Lovecraft. Get it on, Brian. <laughs> yeah, it's funny. Like in its day, uh, this movie was considered a bit too much by the MPAA, and they cut. Let's see. I want to say it was ten minutes. What? Uh, yeah. They basically they they said. Um, let's see. There were ten times too much of everything in this film. <laughs> and uh, ultimately, Gordon was able to get away with making small trims and without removing any entire sequences. Uh, so basically, the S&M and the gore is what they were freaked they... out about. Uh, yeah. The missing footage has since been reinserted, which I think was what we saw. Uh, the film has been restored. and looks good. Yeah, um, I watched... Uh... I'm guessing the restoration because it's a nice looking copy. Yeah, I've I've seen the uncut one. Yeah, Yeah. I imagine that's what this one was. Yeah, just putting on an outfit and straddling a a dude for a minute is not like, Mm -mm. you know, then that little snippet that's on a TV in a room with the whipping and screaming. As far as it goes. That's nothing. How long does it give you a time for the Um, uncut? Let's see. I don't think it says how much was was cut from it i want to say 10 minutes i think i want to say it was 10 minutes i don't know where i got that from i made it up um 
interesting. Uh, we talked about Roger Ebert last time uh, with uh, Reanimator, mm-hmm. and he really liked it. Mm. Gene Siskel really liked this one. He gave it um, three out of four stars, and he said From Beyond is a decent enough low-budget horror film that delivers what audience, what audiences have every reason to expect, a funny, horrific gross-out. Yeah. And then somebody we never heard of named William Wolfe um, from the Gannett News Service gave it a half a star, saying uh, the gore gets progressively more stomach-turning without much cleverness, and after a while, From Beyond just becomes overkill, more revolting than scary or funny. Yeah. Uh, Okay. And then this other one... uh, I don't know if I'd give it half a star, but... The ultimate sin in in, uh, film criticism, in my opinion, is calling something a thrill ride. Mm, was uh, it a thrill ride? If they say thrill ride or romp, I immediately discount everything they've said. Don't say I those. used I used to hate hilarious comedy. <laughs> yeah. They called it a hilarious comedy. It's uh, laugh out loud funny. Ooh. Just fuck off. It's a hilarious <laughs> yeah, if, romp. If, if something's called zany. Zany. Yeah. It's zany. I, I avoid it. It teaches you to laugh about love again. <laughs> <laughs> it does. If nothing else, that's what From Beyond does. <laughs> From Beyond, it'll teach you to laugh about love again. I just, I kept thinking about this movie compared to, I'm going to bring it up, Videodrome. Oh, yeah, Videodrome. Cronenberg. Mm. I mean, Videodrome, this movie should have either gone way out with the stuff, but they didn't have the budget. Then they should have gone the other way and just made it. You couldn't tell if it was real or not. Mm-hmm. Right. There should have been blurring lines of, of reality and yeah. Maybe and you don't know if the beyond. machine is on anymore or not. I do like that we got the title of the movie in the dialogue, though. <laughs> he's yes. he's trying to control the resonator from beyond. From mm-hmm. beyond. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah, Fist you, pump. You get it in the story as well. Trying oh, to good. control the resonator from beyond. I mean, the whole movie shows us that there's stuff from beyond showing up. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You didn't have to say it, but thank you that you did. <laughs> Dr. West. I mean, uh, Crawford Tillingist. Tilling, yeah. Tillingist. Tillingist? Tillingist. <laughs> what? You do and you'll clean it up. <laughs> uh, uh, anyway. Yeah. So is this recommend? I recommend it as a companion piece to Reanimator. If you if you had to pick one, I'd say Reanimator. Yeah. Yeah. I have not watched Bride of Reanimator in so long. I couldn't tell you where that fits in. God, me neither. I don't know if I'm gonna rewatch it. But... Yeah. I will. But I will watch Dolls again because it's been a long time since I've seen Dolls. So next time Dolls, and then the time after that, and we'll give everybody plenty of warning. Lair of the White Worm. And at the risk of sounding like a commercial for Shudder, I don't Lair of the White Worms on Shudder. Yeah. <laughs> we should just write Shudder and tell them we're advertising for them. They just started following my Screen Monsters Instagram. Did uh, they? I was like, oh, wow, really? Oh, wait, I'm, I had toggled over to Screen Monsters and I wasn't on Chewing the Scenery. And I'm like, damn it. <laughs> if they'd followed us, we could have been like, hey, listen back. We, uh, you know. Well, send them something. The only thing missing is our paycheck. Yeah, we don't need to get paid. We just no, we haven't so far. When this movie starts, you get a look at the laboratory, mm-hmm. and there's all those like dials and monitors, and there's these uh, dials that look like the ones in uh, Forbidden Planet. Yeah. Oh yeah. And uh, by the end of the movie, I was thinking Forbidden Planet is way better at 
a machine that opens up a man's mind to it is forces yes. from beyond ancient alien technology yes I, I thought it was way more effective it was um, that's a much better movie and I it's love forbidden and planet. it's more taboo than well it is a from forbidden beyond. planet yeah <laughs> <laughs> there's there's like uh there's a robot giving himself an oil job there are, there are subtext <laughs> subtexts in forbidden planet which uh, which uh, uh, beyond anything that go in from beyond from beyond yes we should dissect that one sometime forbidden planet yeah you know when I went into Facebook to look at the message that talked about uh, something we had missed uh, last episode, it's like, hey, remember this from a year ago? One year ago, we did the episode about lost films. Yes. Oh, yeah. Yeah. It's been a year since we did that. <laughs> now you should pull that episode. Yeah. And call it the lost episode. The lost, lost film. Like that episode's not available for some reason. Oh, it's lost. It's lost. It's getting mad at so, Jolien, do you recommend this one? Mm, yeah, it, it's all right. Um, it's getting it's getting a lukewarm it's, it's recommend. Fine. Yeah, it <laughs> is lukewarm. I I just uh, I'm not excited by it. It looks nice. It's got a good cast. Yeah, yeah. but it uh, doesn't. Pretty low on energy and internal logic and daring. Yes. Fun fact about that S and M outfit that Barbara Crampton wears. She sold it at a yard sale. She sold it at a yard sale. <laughs> Wow. They had no idea. That, that must have been before eBay. Cause yeah, she she had no idea, I think. She's she, like, oh, let's get rid of this old stuff. Yeah. All right. So we know what we're watching next time Who and the time after that. Who buys used S&M gear <laughs> at a yard sale? Oh, you'd be surprised. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I know. <laughs> there are, I think there are people who pay extra if it's used. Mm. <laughs> There's a whole industry in Japan built on that, isn't there? There was... There was a vend- a vending machine which made all the hey, papers. Hey, there was one. The that's one it. In every city. <laughs> I thought there was one on every street corner. The way they reported it. Mm. Yeah, they talked Not so about much. it. Like yeah. This. Do you but, know what they have in Japan? Yeah. <laughs> oh, crazy Japan! Because nothing ever crazy happens in in the West. No. We're, we're all perfectly sane. <laughs> You could buy anything out of a vending machine. Hot food, beer. I did go, I, I did like teaching at the rougher schools. They're, they're more fun. I, I like the polite schools that they show on the news. The only ones you ever see mm-hmm. are the polite high achievers. The ones where the kids who don't make it get dumped. Yeah. <laughs> you know, they, they know where they're going. Yeah. Ba- Battle and, Royale? Uh, yeah. It's, um, but uh, those are more fun because they're not so regimented. Yeah. Um, but there was a, there was one particular place that was out in the country, and these kids from the cities would get dumped there. They were so bored, and uh, the uh, the local vending machine industry knew it. Uh-huh. <laughs> so, yeah, this little small town, and the vending machines would be like porn, booze, cigarettes. Nice. <laughs> so yeah, these kids could could just load up and go back to the dorm. Switchblades, spiked wristbands. Right, right. Hey, yeah. speaking of switchblades, I discovered something about Arizona. You can buy a switchblade there? Just roll right up and buy a switchblade. Just anywhere. Just, yeah, 7-Eleven, buy a switchblade. They just have them up where the candy is. Yeah. The front, you know. Pack of gum, switchblade. Yeah. Some smokes. <laughs> a second switchblade. In case the first one doesn't work. 
Some used S&M gear. Some used S&M <laughs> gear for some reason. And all these brains. <laughs> and buckets and buckets and buckets of brains. All right. Should we call it a show? Or yeah. Do we, um, or do, you wanted to share some of the, I, I'd, uh, some of the I'd text? recommend reading the original story and imagining what could be done with this or just leaving it as a story because it's a really awesome it's a very short story concept is barely five pages damn um you can find audio versions online pretty easy hp lovecraft was into the whole brevity thing on this one he was yeah there are some long i don't know how you know maybe that's more of a pay thing <laughs> like you have five pages yeah i mean he was mostly writing for magazines yeah but, exactly. uh at the mountains of madness is pretty much a short novel yeah but uh, yeah, yeah, generally, generally they're pretty short. Are they all in the public domain? I'd imagine so. You know, I they should be. Anything before twenty three is public domain. So this so would definitely be. So this would be. But most of the Thulu stuff was in the thirties. Yeah. He was coming up with the the mythos as it became known. Ah. Mm. I wonder if anybody owns that. I imagine that's mm. all public domain too. Yeah, it's, everybody, it's everywhere, isn't everybody it? Everybody yeah. put Cthulhu on something. Yeah. And he, he wasn't that popular until the reanimator and yeah, things no. like that brought and him the, back. And the Metallica song. It's like in the late 80s, there's tons of bad Lovecraft movies. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and since then, there have been really good ones. Like um, uh, Call of Cthulhu is a good I short film. They kind of is that the one where they made it's it look done as like if it's 20s. a silent film. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Actually, I saw that one. Yeah, that's that really one. cool. I like that one. When was that one made? Uh, a few years ago. Yeah, maybe ten so years ago. The century, most. Yeah. So it's somewhere in the two thousand. I think I was still working at at Meiningers when that came out. Yeah. Hmm. I well, think I want to see it for sure. Yeah, definitely yeah. see it. I keep, it's online, I, I believe. I keep wanting to see something done right. You know, with H.P. Lovecraft, where it's not just like, well, they have the the kernel of the idea and then run somewhere else mm-hmm. with it. I want to see like Cthulhu. Yeah, that, that one's really good. Um, I, I tend to like the ones that are indirect. They're not straight adaptations of Lovecraft, but they're definitely Lovecraftian, yeah. as they yeah, like so to like say. John Carpenter's The Thing is very Lovecraftian. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I think that's really excellent. Yeah, there's there's always those movies that have that dark creepiness to them, you know. Like, uh, I don't think I mentioned in the what have we watched since last time, but a couple months ago I watched um, Prince of Darkness, the John mm. Carpenter film, and there was a weird like creeping dread to the whole thing that kind of felt like a Lovecraft story. Right. I don't even remember who wrote it, but uh, he it was a, it was him, but and Carpenter under a pseudonym, oh. and he was trying to. I think he was trying to write it like Nigel Neal. Oh. Who did the Quatermass stories. All right. Yeah, it was it was a, a different uh, concept for sure. I like the idea that uh, they... F- but like, if you look at the Quatermass uh, stories, uh, like especially Quatermass in the Pit, that's quite Lovecraftian where um, there's discoveries about the origin of man and ancient alien races. Yeah. Oh. Cool. All right, till next time. Okay. Stay off the moors.